0: Welcome to the Audible Ecstasy podcast. Each week, we sit around and discuss the music from our past. Sometimes we agree. I call it iconic. It's a ten. That riff is un- it's incredible. Clearly a ten. This is one of the most iconic songs of the '80s.
1: Um, iconic from start to finish.
0: And sometimes we disagree. The song sounds like something you might hear at your aunt's funeral. The
1: absolute worst. Lyrics ever with the juvenile flush on that one <laughs> I'm not dealing with that man. thank
0: you for listening and enjoy the show
2: all right guys we are back with another audible ecstasy podcast after a couple of week layoff we had a unexpected passing of my mother and we had to take last week off guys um, it's been a rough couple of weeks however we've had some darn good music to listen to Country Music Month starts, I've been enjoying it the entire time, guys, I'm not gonna lie. Today, reviewing the Brooks and Dunn debut album, Brand New Men, I can't wait, what do y'all think?
0: I agree, Jimmy, I just want to right up front pass along my condolences as well, man, so uh, oh, man, thanks, it's brother. been a rough yeah. week, but sometimes, you know, it's I was thinking rough. about this back when my father-in-law passed away, it was like, I was kind of glad we had this to just sit and listen to this music and kind of take your mind off stuff like that for a little while, so... It's yeah. therapeutic, man. It really is.
2: It is. I, I agree. I. Uh, it's been rough, man. I mean, I'm going to lie to you. Unexpected. Uh, sure. Yeah. But, hey, unfortunately, but, it's a part we all have to deal with. I knew it was coming one day. I just didn't expect it this year.
1: What's that saying? Nobody gets out of this world alive?
2: That uh, ain't the truth. Ain't that the <laughs> truth. <laughs> is that a
1: Buffett saying,
0: by chance? No, I heard it on it one of Sounds like, like something Buffett. he'd say, doesn't yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. he, he it? Yeah. Right I heard it on one of him. those. Uh, I've been on Jim Harrell's Campfire. I listen oh, to wow. that show a lot, so anything dealing with Supernatural, you know. So it is true. You can kind of think about that, so.
0: Okay, Anthony, let's hear your tagline with all this heavy stuff Just throw one guy. out there, brother.
2: Uh,
1: the best one I've got, uh best one I've got, uh, time to go boot scoot and boogie, it's the Audible Ecstasy podcast. Yeah,
2: you know what? It works. I mean, it it's the it time hits. to
1: make a brand new man, it's the Audible Ecstasy podcast. There you go. I like That's that bad. Bad. Yeah. I actually like that one as well.
2: Oh. Well, kids, let's get this thing started with the first track. It is Brand New Man. Chris.
3: I saw the light. I've been
4: baptized by the fire in your church and the flame in your eyes. I'm born to love again. I'm a brand new man.
3: Well, the little
4: town's talking about the line I'm walking that leads right to your door. Outside this a country mile wide I'd burn those beer joints down That's all changed now You turn my life
2: Oh, my goodness. I tell you what. Brooks and Dunn get together after many years of Nashville as solo artists. They record this gym, and this is exactly where they take off. This is the first song and the first single from this record. And holy crap, this is a home run right out of the park. I mean, they smack it right out. Fantastic start to the album. Very catchy. Easy to sing along with. Gets stuck in your head. This song is one of the first of many massive hits this duo throughout th- uh, pushed out throughout the 90s and basically in the, in the mainstream country music line from 91 on. Um, I mean, arguably, this is one of the best songs they've ever recorded. This is iconic. This is country perfection. This is a 10. Chris?
0: Yeah, it's hard to disagree with any of that, man. Uh, you know, it's hard to believe that this is their first, their debut album, the first song right off it was such a massive hit. I mean, like, I, I was kind of looking through some uh, live videos from last year just to kind of see what these guys sound like now. They still sound great. And uh, this is kind of what they open their concerts with today. So, like, it's the first song off their first album, and it's such a hit that they, it's still a concert opener for them. Uh, it's a, it's a, <laughs> we always talk about rock anthems. This feels like a, country, a 90s country anthem to me. I couldn't argue that uh, at all. The hook is just all. ridiculously catchy. It's just so easy to sing along to. It, uh, no disagreement at all. It's it's perfection. It's a 10.
2: Good deal. Anthony, what would you think
0: about Brand New Man?
1: Uh, a little bit of Wikipedia on this one. Uh, Brand New Man is a song recorded by uh, Brooks and Dunn, written by Kix Brooks, Don Cook, and Ronnie Dunn. It was released in June of 1991, just as grunge was about to hit, come to think of it. As their debut single and was served as the first single and title track from their debut album of the same name and their first number one single on the country charts, thus making them only the second country music band in history to have its debut single reach number one on the Billboard Hot Country Singles and Tracks chart behind Diamond Rio's Meet in the Middle, which is also a great song um, from three months earlier. So. Yeah, Diamond Rio doing this, and then you have Brooks and Dunn. I mean, we're starting to, you know, just line a start line them up, man. After this, so Diamond Rio was a good band too, back in the day. Oh yeah, they were they were fantastic. Oh, yeah. I, they remember were. I remember. I remember. Middle them. is a great song. Uh, yeah, my thoughts. Uh, great way to lead an album man. Ronnie Dunn sounds as great as ever on vocals. It's honky tonking goodness, and it works from the opening riff to the last. Even like the brief guitar solo, there's a little bit of a guitar solo in it that I like too um it's a perfect country song man it's a 10 you know it's a 30 for us this is an easy 30 i think for all I of us i <laughs>
2: couldn't agree with you more um I, i'm gonna go ahead and i should have gave the precursor out earlier this is one of my favorite albums guys i'm gonna be a little bit uh high on my numbers i would say and uh <laughs> like you guys, i've always said
1: jimmy don't apologize if you enjoy it it's honestly it how away. i hear
2: it and you're right Aunt, this is this is one of those ones that i'm I just, I just can't hold back on. It's just something that that works with me. No. So let's continue this uh, glamorous album and go to track <laughs> number two. It's called My Next Broken Heart.
4: After you said it's hard to tell, you taught me how to hurt so well when it comes to love. Me, I've seen that look before. Shit, tear my world apart. I'm working on my next broken heart.
2: Oh, my Lord! Man, I'm telling you what. All right, so. This is a one-two punch that is nearly devastating. You go from Brand New Man to My Next Broken Heart. You got Ronnie Dunn singing his heart out. In this song, everything works. It's catchy, it's easy to sing along with, it gets stuck in your head. Incredible guitar licks throughout the entire song. We're not talking about just a solo, we're just talking about little riffs thrown in here and there. Memorable in every way. This is absolutely one of my favorite Brooks and Dunn songs of all time. Yet again, I'm at country perfection. I'm sorry, guys. It's a 10. Chris.
1: <laughs> Come on, Chris. Don't let us down, man. How many 10s yeah, are we 10? going to have tonight, Jim? It's going to be ugly. It's going to be ugly. <laughs> uh, I've
0: I warned everybody. I'm sorry. Keep <clears throat> us... Bring us back to reality, sir. Okay, well, this one... You know, it's funny. that That intro... Reminds me a lot of that Doomus Walker by Kentucky Headhunters. Did you oh, catch yeah. that the way that thing starts out? It's like it's just like yeah. <laughs> it really Kentucky it's just the intro. It kinda once that goes on, I don't get that anymore. But right there. You know I, I love the elements of steel guitar. There's prominent bass in this song, which is just which is nice, kinda like drives the song a little bit. Another one, the catchy chorus. I like the subject matter. I mean it kinda fits the the uh, woman looking to take what's left of me, kind of thing. You know, that's that's country music at its finest, right there. Um, oh yeah, I don't think it's a ten. I'm just gonna be honest with you guys. Oh, come it, on, man. It, nah, it's not. I mean, look, okay. there's there's several first, 10s tonight.
1: We're gonna have our first sixty right here, man. Our first 30 30 thirty we've sorry. ever had before. You For screwed it up, it's man. Not,
0: it's not perfection. There are a few absolutely iconic songs Straight on up. this album. I don't feel like this is one of them. It's a great song. I, I think it's excellent. I give it an eight. <laughs> far away
2: Anthony let him have it
0: you really think it's a 10 Anthony I do it's
2: the second single dude and, and it's absolutely what fantastic
0: Wikipedia has to it say it is fantastic I don't disagree
1: well Wikipedia said uh, this song my next broken heart was released in September 1991 it's the second single from their debut album the song was their second straight number one on the country charts it was written by Kix Don and Ronnie again so it's a 10 guys it's perfection for me too I mean, I like the way this one opens. Then you get that nice honky tonk and beat throughout. You get Ronnie's great vocals again. Singable chorus, catchy, upbeat. It's perfect, man. No issues, and I I like the little country sounding guitar solo in the middle of it yeah, too. Again, so yeah. it's a ten. I, I don't think anything other than this one being iconic. So yeah, so who,
2: anybody with done? a normal brain would say that's a ten. There you go. <laughs> Tell me
1: Don
0: Cook is, Was he in the band Or was he just He might have been Because it looks like He's I written a lot of These songs too I think he's
2: a writer I don't know that he's In the band But I believe he's a, he writer. Be a writer Heck writer. I guess we could Look it up Heck I mean just, He's I I it up Pretty
0: itself. healthy royalties If that's the case guess oh, I
2: guarantee it Because his name's On almost every single Song on the album Except for maybe Two or three Yeah there's I mean, only
0: two it Looks like Ronnie Wrote Boot Scootin' Boogie And Neon Moon By himself Which are two Massive hits But Yeah you know, two humongous still, You're <laughs> absolutely correct <laughs> Yeah. All All right. right, Let's move it. All
2: right. Let's head this up to the old massive track number three. It's called Cool Drink of Water. Chris. All shot like it
3: didn't mean anything. Went right out and bought herself a brand new party dress. She'll be looking good tonight when we go out, I guess. She's a cool drink of water. She done hot. devil's daughter, but she's a cool, cool drink water. I took her to a nightclub where we used to go a lot. The beer is cold and frosty and the band is blazing hot. I went back for a refill and this guy walked up and said, there's a blind out on the dance floor turning everybody's head. She might be the devil's daughter She's a cool, cool drink water
2: God, listen to that Telecaster twang. Yeah, oh, I love it. Cool drink of water. This one right here is uh, the first song we hear Kix Brooks singing on, um, and his twangy vocal style is a perfect companion to Ronnie Dunn. Let's admit it. I mean, this song is fun. It's an upbeat tune, some fantastic guitar licks, and a prominent piano going on throughout this song, guys. Um, the song easy to sing along with, easy to get in your mind. It rocks. I might be a little low, but I think it's great. I'm at a seven, Chris.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good that's a good score, Jimmy. That's actually what I gave it to. It's a seven for me as well. Uh, yeah, he, here you got Kicks. I think it's pretty fair to say that that Ronnie is the better vocalist of the two, but I will say Kix has his place in this band. He he's got that more honky tonk kind of vibe, something you hear like he does in a roadhouse scene or something. You know what I mean? Like it's just that that's what this stuff feels like, and it's perfect for the time. It fits like that early '90s country vibe perfectly. Uh, I didn't used to like Kix as much. I always thought Ronnie, and, and I still think Ronnie's probably the better vocalist, but I but I definitely see Kix's place in the band now as far as that goes because these kind of songs, I'm not sure Ronnie could pull these off with his vocals, really. You kind of need Kix's kind of like, I don't know, gritty sound, the, the, right, the way he yeah. sings to, to pull these things off. Got uh, yeah, it's it's a good song, man. It's definitely a toe-tapper. Gets a, the head bobbing like Anthony likes to say. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. It's a great song. I gave you seven.
2: Fantastic, Anthony. Cool drink of
1: water. Yeah, to back up uh, what Chris was saying about Ronnie's vocals, I was telling you guys about that remake of. Uh,
3: yeah. Like Believe.
1: Moon. Uh, Believe. Oh. Believe. Not just full mo- uh, Neon Moon. But Believe with uh, Kane Brown, I think the guy's name. Can't be yeah. one of these new young guys. Yeah. And Ronnie, man, he hits some notes on there that makes that little guy, that young guy sound like, you know, maybe step back and go, whoa, where's this old dude coming from? You know, I mean, if you get a chance, listen to Believe that right. uh, reboot something reboot or something yeah,
2: it's rebooted it. i listened to that entire album man i've pulled that one out a couple of times it's, it's it, good it's a grand, it's it's great did.
1: listen great listen um neon moon K- and believe are definitely the, i think the highlights on that one for me but uh
0: i'll say kane brown is not really known for his strong vocals So i tell you I, man
1: him and ronnie <laughs> on believe they <laughs> i'm telling you it'll surprise you how, how strong both those guys are in that song but uh uh me personally with cool drink of water it's a solid tune it's a Good Saturday night in the local bar jukebox kind of song. Uh, definitely not as strong as the first two songs, but it's still got a nice groove and beat. And I like the piano and guitar battle in the middle of it. I think it was yeah. kind of neat. Yeah, that uh, was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, no complaints. I give it a six. I think it's very good. Okay, so take at that one. That
2: works. Let's move it on up to track four. It's called "Cheating on the Blues," Chris. <laughs>
3: We stopped living when they said goodbye We've been faithful to these blues But I've had enough now, how about you? Well, don't you think we've earned the right To go cheating on the blues tonight?
2: All right, cheating on the Blues. I will say this, I absolutely love the opening guitar riff to this song. I mean, it immediately kicks you right in the head and you're just like, wow, here we go. Another country twang. Kicks Brooks leading off this song. His vocal style, once again, like I said earlier, twangy, a little bit different than Ronnie Dunn. Um, And this song is more traditional sounding and is absolutely pure country in my ears. The tonality is easily identified as Brooks and Dunn. As soon as you hear it, you know what you're getting. I think it's another great tune. I'm at a seven. Chris, what'd you think about Cheating on the Blues?
0: I hate to do it. Here we go. Chris's is flush,
3: flush of the, of the Week.
0: week.
3: Ah, I did say,
0: I said earlier that, and this was real close to not getting a flush, this whole album was, but this is the weakest song on this album, and it's a six for me, which is very good. I did say if anything below dropped below seven. a seven, yep. it was going to get the flush uh it is a very good song i just don't think it's a great song as far as that goes uh another kicks to and here's the thing i'm listening to it man instrumentally it's phenomenal it really is like the the fiddle and everything the way it, it like it all blends together you get the steel guitar kicking in and it's just another kind of toe tap and honky tonk kind of song kicks his vocals aren't great on it if i'm being honest uh but the chorus is fun and catchy and infectious uh it's just just happened to be the weakest song on the album for me. I gave it a six. Yeah,
2: fair enough, fair enough. Anthony, what'd you think about?
1: Yeah, blues. This one's got a little more swing and old country sound to it. I do enjoy that. I like the uh, extra bits of fiddle sprinkled about. Um, it's always nice to hear a fiddle in a country song. Uh, they work pretty good together, I think. And uh, you know, like the last song, it's not as strong as the first two, but it's still a very good song. It's another six for me. So I think <laughs> these two songs might. They might have should have sprinkled them around. Maybe do one of his and then Neon Moon, then do another one of his, then do the one. You know, something. I, I feel like maybe back to back is not as good. I,
2: I, I have thoughts on that toward the end, to be honest yeah. with you. But um,
1: I, they just don't feel as, as strong as some of the other ones on the album. Even by him, like his last one on here, I think is maybe his best vocals on the it's album. It's a fantastic vocal
2: but, uh, performance. Yeah, I agree. So, so, yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Agreed. Fair Agreed. enough. Well, let's move it to track five Neon Moon.
4: sun goes down on my side of town. That lonesome feeling comes to my door, and the whole world turns blue. There's a rundown bar across the railroad track. I got a table for two way in back where I settled. Think of losing you. I spend most every night beneath the light of a neon moon. Now, if you lose your one and only, there's always room here for the lonely. Go watch your broken dreams dance in and out of the beams of a neon are running wild and free i close my eyes and sometimes
2: all right neon moon this one the third single from the album and honestly it's it's fantastic in every single way possible i love the subtle guitar picking in the background it's continually going throughout the song the crooning vocal stylings of ronnie dunn fits it so well wonderful song perfectly placed on this album we had a couple of home runs we had a couple of slowdowns and then we're back up to another song that demands the listeners attention i love the slower pace i love the hint of sadness and everything about this song is absolute perfection it's a 10 chris
0: hard to disagree with that one jimmy I, i agree it's perfection as well for me it's a 10 uh i'm curious do you guys know uh Are these guys Texans? Do you know? I I don't really know where they're from. I've not looked it up. Oh,
2: that's a good question. I I don't know. Uh, The reason I ask that
0: is is sometimes, especially in, like, 90s country, I get, like, a south-of-the-border, like, kind of Mexican cantina vibe to some of this stuff. And I feel like the Texan singers kind of bring that element to their music a little better than other people do. And I kind of get that sense in the song. Mm -hmm. And I've always enjoyed that. It kind of just, like puts you back into some, like, western movie or something. like oh, I can into tell a saloon you right now, Chris,
2: Kix Brooks is from Louisiana. Okay, that's close so to Texas. He had, is Ronnie, close. he from? Ronnie Dunn is from, where's old Mr. Dunn? He is from Texas. Okay. Coleman, It feels Texas. like
0: Texas when you hear it, man. It really does. But he ended uh, up in... Uh, that's something you can't Halloween. fake, you know. I, there's a lot of oh, people yeah. that fake country accents that come into the, the, the game nowadays, but... These guys, you can tell they're not phonies. They're they're as country as it gets, and it is like hardcore working on a ranch type country, not like driving in on a. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to bash Ur- other you're people. You talking about the urban cowboys? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. The urban these guys cowboys. are legitimate. Yeah, it's it's uh it's you, you, you nailed it, man. It's the '90s country crooning perfection. Uh, it's the, the song, just like such a great chorus to it. So easy to sing along. I love that simple guitar solo. It's it's not over the top. It just fits the song perfectly. Uh, Yeah, easy 10 for me. Probably maybe one of their best songs. I actually think Branding Man is probably my favorite song by them, but it's maybe number two. Fantastic. Anthony, Neon Moon.
1: Uh, Songfacts.com. This song finds a broken hearted Brooks and Dunn spending their nights in a bar. Their lover has walked out on them and they drown their sorrows underneath the neon bar signs. Sounds like a perfect country song, doesn't it? Uh, releases their third single from their album, Brand New Man. It became the duo's third consecutive number one on the country chart. Ronnie Dunn wrote the song. And according to Song Facts, he was the only one he wrote solo on this album. Did you say there was another one, Chris, that he wrote solo? Uh, He did, uh, Boots yeah, he Boogie. Boots Getting Boogie. Okay, well, Song Facts has that wrong then. It uh, well, could be, yeah, but gonna be Wikipedia. It could be Wikipedia now. <laughs> I have to keep that in mind. <laughs> Okay, yeah, we, we're not really sure about either one of these entities, <laughs> That's right, we don't basically. know
2: how, actually, this might have been written by Garth Brooks, we don't
1: know. <laughs> exactly. Could <be> anyway, so. <laughs> probably not. But, but <laughs> uh, probably not. Though I think I would trust Song Facts more than uh, Wikipedia, just because they're a song-based entity, not yeah, it's stuff. possible. Right, yeah, yeah, we'll go with that. But anyways, yeah, my personal opinion, man, Neon Moon, this is not just, this is one of my all-time favorite country songs, hmm. uh, one of my favorites by Brooks and Dunn, of course, it's everything you want from a moody, dark, beer-drinking song. It's just filled with so much heartbreak that you actually feel that heartbreak pain throughout the song. Ronnie has the perfect vocals for a song like this. Band backing him up nails that pure country sound. It's hard not to see a smoky bar, smell the alcohol, and feel the desperation. It's a 10. It's perfection for me. So Absolutely. It's 30 Absolutely. from all of us. So.
2: Good. At least nobody gets fired today. Good job, guys. Good job. (laughs) I was worried
1: about Chris a little bit. Oh, come on. I knew it.
2: I knew it. All right, let's move this over to uh, track six. It's called Lost and Found. Hit it, Chris. I
3: lost her trail on a Friday night. She was gone before I got. Restless in that big house all alone And I've been up and down
2: and Found, this one was the fifth single from the album. At this point, everything on the album is working, and the listener really doesn't have time to recover from song to song. This is Brooks' best song on this album, and it's honestly, Agreed. this might be my favorite song on the album, and, and I don't know what it is about it. I've always loved it. I think it's a fantastic uh, vocal styling. I think it's a fantastic guitar riff. It's catchy. It's so easily identifiable from the first riff you know what you're getting ready to hear um good lord i'm gonna drop a i'm dropping perfection again guys this is absolutely a 10. i'm not ashamed (laughs) you guys can hit on me all you want beat me up but i think it's a 10. the this is a vocal and lyrical journey that satisfies the listener to the last note and one thing i will say at the end of the song when ronnie's singing his or not ronnie but uh kicks is singing his final lyrics he takes it up to like another octave when he sings this last verse uh, and I, I think it's great it works and, you know you, you hear him straining a little bit to hit those higher notes and that's just country music guys it's absolute perfection 10 chris
0: yeah um it's a tough one. Uh, first, before I give my score, I want there's a part of this song that remi- reminds me so much of something Jimmy Buffett would do—the kind of his vocal stylings. <laughs> that part when when he's like, uh, "Before dude, she does something, I'll regret." That part does that not remind you so much of like? One of his like fun kind of like yeah, rips, can, you know it what can I mean? Be. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I, every time I hear that, I'm like, man, that just reminds me of both for some reason. I don't know why. I mean, these guys have nothing in common, right? But like, they probably
1: ran around together, but at some point. Well, know, knows, 90s, who knows? Early nineties, very right? possible. Yeah, I don't know. They probably possible. hang out. But Bones that
0: part, like that. I, every time I hear that, I was gonna text you guys the other night, and I was like, Does I, but I wanted to bring it up today, just in case you guys. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's interesting. Uh, I agree with you, Jimmy. It absolutely kicks his best song on the album. Maybe the best song he's ever done, as far as the band It's goes. arguable, for sure. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I'd have to look at their d- discography. I know they've got a ton of hits beyond this album. This, it's weird, because this kind of does feel like a greatest <laughs> hits album when you listen to it. But you know that this is just the first of many great albums these guys put out. Oh, yeah. The chorus is absolutely infectious. It's a fun song. Uh, the real question is, does it deserve a 10? I mean... Here got we've you. got like in my and this was a tough maybe the hardest one for me because for me I, I was thinking okay these there are a few songs on this album that come down to like absolute pop culture type perfection you know what I mean well not country culture perfection maybe not pop, maybe that's the wrong term but no, actually big okay. and boogie could be pop too because it it could was massive. be massive I mean some of these songs are massive. <laughs> I don't feel like this one is not not quite on those levels. I mean, there's there, to me, there's three songs on this album that absolutely are undeniable tens. Don't know about this one. And listen, if somebody wants to give us a ten, I wouldn't argue it. But I'm giving it a nine and a half because I don't think it's quite there, but it's real close. And it was hard for me to say that. But I I feel like when you give too many tens, it cheapens the better tens, if if that makes any sense. But I don't well, know, not man. this time, pal. <laughs> i do love this it's probably my one of my favorite songs by these guys but i don't think it fits that mold if that makes any sense so that's a the video I
2: is almost say is absolutely iconic oh is my it? god yeah, yeah you need to go back and watch yeah. the video it is absolutely fantastic i mean it's pure it's pure 90s but it's a great video oh, i'm sure it is. <laughs> it is a great video all right anthony go ahead and uh, clean up this mess please sir
1: Uh, lost and found it's a song written by Kix and Don Cook and of course recorded by Brooks and Dunn released in September 1992 as the fifth and final single from the debut album Brand New Man it peaked at number six on the Billboard Hot Country Singles and Tracks chart additionally it was the first single to feature Kix, Brooks on lead vocals instead of Ronnie Dunn and the first single of their career to miss the number one spot so sometimes right, maybe I stayed
2: correct (laughs)
1: Sometimes I feel a little sorry for Kix. I feel like he gets a little bit uh, kicked. I guess you could say, because yeah. it's like all the wow. songs Ronnie was on, number one. Kix releases one. It's like, he's like, man, come on. Can't I just get a damn number one song with my <laughs> vocals on it? Right, you right. Because he's like, I'm standing in the shadow of Ronnie over here. Come on. It's like, oh, man, I got the Six. You know, I wonder if they ever had a bet behind the scenes of who could make it number one with the votes. I don't think so, man. If I think smart, they, he wouldn't do that. I think <laughs> right, they had right. a gamble. He's such a good singer, man. It's they took a, a gamble
2: joining movie. forces because neither one of them could do it successfully as a it's, solo artist. And yeah. look what happened, guys. It was that's like, like uh, a match to gasoline.
1: That's like Matt Damon and uh, Ben Affleck. They wrote yeah. Good Will Hunting together. They couldn't make it solo, but they wrote Good Will Hunting. And they exploded. And then their careers just blew up after yeah. that. So, If any writers out there are listening... Contact me, okay? So we, can, we can we can walk. Be
2: his Matt Damon.
1: Exactly. I need, I need a Matt Damon, man. Uh, a Lost and Found. I said of all the Kicks Brooks lead vocal songs on here, this is definitely his best. I was wrong. Eventually, I said it, the last one. It's actually this one. I was thinking of this one. But anyways, want to clear that up. Um, it's his strongest song. It's another one by them that I've always liked. It just has a nice vibe and groove to it. Everything works. I think it's an outstanding song from opening line to the last I gave it a 9 so I'm not stamping to both you guys but uh, I don't think it's quite a 10 I don't feel a 10 in this one uh, but
2: it's okay uh, guys I told you I was it, fanboying but
1: it's weird because it is it. one of
0: my favorite songs by these it's, guys
1: I, when I heard this song I was like oh, I remember that song it's such a good song I've always liked that song so much yeah. But uh,
0: I, mean, I promise yeah. when we see these guys in concert it will be singing along every damn word every, one, you know, but every like, word
1: are y'all seeing them in concert oh yeah, yeah they're at Bristol dude
0: the country thunder thing next year. We told okay. you this.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's the one I'm gonna try and go to? Yeah. So, well, yeah hopefully, yeah. yeah you <laughs> hopefully you're gonna come up here. Go you a free to this. place to stay, man. I mean I mean my <laughs> lord. Yeah, you gotta come see this.
0: Oh my lord. Will, yeah.
1: That was yeah, that was that perfect weekend we were talking about, wasn't it? it Where was the kids yes. were off school like on Monday and it was like everything works out perfectly for me to come up there for finally. So yeah,
2: you and it's need like to a get year away so this. you got plenty of time to make plans plan this out. It's awesome, I got
1: to get past the Key West trip first and let the wife settle on that one first <laughs> before I get to <laughs> maybe ah. the spring. I can bring this one up. So save oh take it ticket. There you That's go. A, but bring it October
0: on October or something like that. So you got plenty of time. Yeah, you got a lot of time, man. Good Lord.
2: All right, kids. Let's move us to track seven. It's called I've Got a Lot to Learn.
4: Tonky tonks and bright lights used to thrill me I'd paint the town and stumble in at dawn
2: Never right, let's go on It's so easy to get lost in these songs, guys Let's face it, I've got a lot to learn I absolutely love the steel guitar intro Ronnie Dunn's vocals, yet again Pleasing to the ear This is a pure, geniusly written song I mean, this is, lyrically, is absolutely pure country Straight out of the honky tonks Straight out of just basically thinking you had it all And You thought you'd be forgiven for everything you've ever done, staying out those late nights. Lost your dog, lost your dog, lost your all, lost your house, lost all. all. This is exactly what country music's made of. Nonetheless, the the guitar licks are placed just so tastefully throughout the song. Well done. Pull up a chair, grab a beer, shed a tear. I love it. I find it easy to sing along with. Very memorable. The song's great. I'm at a seven. Chris.
0: Yeah, this this one has more of a like a '70s type feel to it. I think. I mean, some of their stuff oh, yeah. seems more modern. This one is is like straight throwback George Jones type stuff. You know, <laughs> uh, I with you, man. I love that steel guitar. They 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 dabble that in masterfully the way they do it. Um, these guys. Yeah, and I'll tell you something else. And I don't always notice this, but I like listening to the headphones. They harmonize really well on this song together. Oh yeah. And sometimes I don't like it's either Ronnie or Kix's song. This is Ronnie's song, but but you can hear Kix in the background harmonizing very well in, in on the on the chorus there. Uh, just all the little background instruments in this thing the, the fiddle, the piano, steel guitar. It all it mixes perfectly. You know I gave it a seven as well, but I will tell you what, hearing it back through the headphones, I, I know I, I'm the same I, way. I, I dude, almost want to like, give gosh. it a higher score. It's it's a it's kind of. If I have to, if I had to call a sleeper, this might be it for me. I'm gonna give it an eight. Hell with it. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna round it hey, up. There you go. Because this go. feels more like an eight to me. In, in
1: today, I don't know why.
2: That's excellent. All right, Anthony, I've got a lot to learn.
1: <laughs> uh, I said, Ronnie's voice is so beer soaked and perfect for a song like this. Um, and it's the way. This is the way you make a country song, man. It's got that country sounding vibe all over it, with the steel guitar, the fiddle sprinkled around. I like the way the moves, the way it grooves. It's a solid tune. You know, this one could have also been a single. I think I could have heard this. One have. Really. I absolutely could have been. Holy moly! I'm kind of surprised it really wasn't. Uh, I gave it an eight. I think it's excellent, excellent, excellent tune. So, uh, perfect. This is this is country right here. So, <laughs>
0: absolutely, it is. Very storyteller type song. That's is it yeah. perfect for that. Yeah. Yeah, it is.
2: Yeah, it is. All right, boys. Time for a home run. Track eight. Boots, cooking, boogie. The
4: box into- Say, son, what'll it be? I want a shot of that redhead yonder looking at me The dance floor's hopping and it's hotter than the 4th of July I see outlaws and laws, crooks and straights
2: Hoot, Scoot, and Boogie. This is the fourth single from the album, and you want to talk about perfect placement on a record. Just when you thought the album was trying to slow down with I've Got a Lot to Learn and maybe even close out quietly, not yet. Brooks and Dunn show no sign of letting up, and in the words of Cobra Kai, no mercy. (laughs) Love it. the way of the fist. The song is simply amazing. It's a staple in any fan of country music's diet. It has stood the test of time and still played at honky-tonks I dare say all across the land. You see people dancing to it on these TikToks and random videos across the, you know, social media platforms. I mean, honestly, everything in this song works. Memorable groove, memorable lyrics. It sticks to you like a plate of ribs and you <laughs> love it after one listen. Country perfection. It's a 10. Chris.
0: Yeah, you know, I, if I'm not mistaken, uh you know this is kind of like when that country line dancing and stuff came in to, oh yeah you know, when this Good lord this dude. has to have been like a they had i think they had their own dance just for this song if i'm not mistaken i mean if i i don't remember the video but i kind of like vaguely in the back of my head remember watching a b- bunch of people dancing like a specific dance to this song and i get it just feels like it probably had a, it, its own dance to it uh i mean it almost feels like their version of like a margaritaville, you know what i mean? Like i i would see i don't know if they've got their own bar in Nashville. If they do, i could see them calling it the Boot scootin' boogie, you know what i mean? I mean, it just like fits <laughs> or their own. It, I'd call I it know, Neon Moon show. if it's me.
2: Well, yeah, but
0: i mean it i mean this gives like that kind of come in and it have does. a good time vibe, you know what i mean? Uh I will say it's probably not my favorite song by these guys, but it is undeniable how how big it was for them and it probably helped mold their career i mean pop culture wise it's it's as big as it gets for these guys maybe i do think neon moon was their highest stream song but this was number two uh, easy 10 i mean it's it really as easy as it gets i don't think there's any question this is a 10 uh i will say though i i, I prefer brand new man and neon moon to this one but but it's too. it's an easy 10 i mean there's no question yeah, you I know, agree. the reason
1: why Neon Moon is probably the highest streamed is that uh, duet they did with uh, Casey Musgraves. But,
0: mm. I, bet I right. don't know. It was, the, the it was this version that was the highest streamed. Yeah, this I'm not is saying it's not, stream. but I'm
1: saying maybe young fans heard her version of the oh, song yeah. with them. That's possible. They're like, I'm going to hear the original. So all those young ones, those youngins went out there and uh, went searching <laughs> for it. Possible. And they know all these old people on top of it. So it's a nice big hodgepodge yeah. people listening to it, so. Oh, Seems yeah. Big.
2: Absolutely. All right, Anthony, talk to us. Boo, and Boogie.
1: Um, before, this is songfacts.com. Before he teamed up with Kix Brooks to form Brooks and Dunn, Ronnie Dunn wrote this for the country music group Asleep at the Wheel, who released it on their 1990 album, Keeping Me Up Nights. Brooks and Dunn released it in 1991 on their debut album, of course, making them a huge impact on the country music scene of the early 90s. So, he thought about Asleep at the Wheel? A bunch of like. Why didn't that work for us? (laughs) (laughs) You know, imagine how they feel. I've known this song didn't hit for them like it did for Brooks and Dunn. Um, This song is known for its signature line dance, which is very popular in country bars. The song is about a hardworking guy who likes to go to his favorite honky tonk bar to unwind and dance. So the song was a natural fit. The, The line dance originated when a choreographer named Bill Batter noticed the title Boot Scootin' Boogie on the Asleep at the Wheel album and thought it might make a good dance. He came up with the choreography and started teaching the line dance in Vancouver, where it was also known as the Vancouver Boogie. The dance spread to the States, and this became a favorite as line dancing took off. Even bars that didn't specialize in country music began offering line dancing lessons, and this was one of the top dances. So it was... Pretty, kind of what you were talking about a minute ago, Chris. Yeah. So, I didn't um, have all
0: those facts in front of me, but it just felt like that's... I remember yeah, that it was, was like it was around the time this stuff started taking off. And I kind of remember a video of them, everybody dancing to this song. Yeah, so,
1: yeah, yeah. I saw it a few days ago on there, actually. Uh, this is also the fourth number one country hit for the band. Uh, it was their first single to make a dent on the Hot 100. So this is massive song. So, yeah... Uh, my thoughts on man. you know, it's perfection for the band, for country music, for 90s country music. I mean, if there was a song that could easily sum up 90s country, then this mm-hmm. might just be it. I mean, it was a phenomenon at the time, a massive hit, you know, zero complaints. I mean, this is how you do an upbeat country song without actually being pop. So, yeah, right. young ones out there listening, take a listen to that, so... Uh, it's a 10 it's perfection and like Chris I don't think it's my favorite by them personally okay. same um, a Neon Moon is probably that right up there I probably would take Brand New Man maybe even Lost and Found over this one most, most days I'm so. same, same way brother same, same way know. but and, it's,
2: uh, you
0: can't deny how yeah, big the song I, was I, I can't
1: deny how awesome the song is so it's yeah. a good
2: song
0: I mean don't get me wrong I don't, it's, it's I don't held up, like it yeah, it's yeah.
1: held up extremely well because I heard Shania Twain some of her big stuff and then I couldn't about stomach it anymore it just sounds so syrupy and so popular. How it's like
0: She's, the she's like the 90s Taylor music. Swift, wasn't she? How dare you?
1: <laughs> Actually, I think Taylor Swift's going to hold up better than Shania Twain. I think she's more talented, personally. But, uh, you know, anyways... I just I couldn't take it. I don't know. All I right. just, it was speaking really... of changing taking... my review
0: for next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just
1: go, go for it. it. I'm just oh, I'm just <laughs> Let's go, girls. Oh, ba, ba, na, na, na,
2: na. oh my god, she
1: was great. <laughs> Let's talk about the new yeah.
0: swifty album, actually. But I don't know. Hey, no, Taylor, really Taylor Swift, that
1: one song me. she does with Tim McGraw is amazing. What is that song? Tim like, McGraw. When she was, was into country music, so teardrops
0: oh, on my guitars. I don't know. Yeah, let love it alright let's get on <laughs>
2: to the next one. <laughs> it's called I'm No Good Chris alright and there's a
3: woman in this town whispering
2: So right here may be the first misstep in song placement on the record in my ears. But something had to come after Boot Scootin' Boogie. (laughs) This song is absolutely pure country. Kicks Brooks vocals are trying to give you a taste of that classic sounding country vocal style. The bass kicking in lets you know it's going to get your head bobbing a little bit. The pedal still flowing throughout the song. I mean, you can't truly follow up one of the greatest country songs in the history of country, but this one does a pretty decent job trying. This would have been my flush, Chris, and I'm not sure, you know, flush is, I find it to be very good, so it would be hard to justify the flush, but it's a six in my ears. What do you think about I'm No Good?
0: You know, it's definitely very pure country as far as that goes. (laughs) It feels like Kix almost has like a a yodeling quality to his voice on this one, which, uh, I mean, this feels more like a 70s throwback to me. Definitely. It's a fun song, definitely appropriate for like a honky tonk jukebox somewhere, uh, which is kind of his thing. I actually really kind of enjoy this one, and I don't really think it's placed poorly on the album. I gave it a seven and a half. I think, I think. Oh wow!
2: Uh, okay. Yeah,
0: I think it's solid tune personally. I mean, I don't know. It just has that that vibe. Like I said, it's it's what kicks brings to the band this kind of song, and and I like this kind of stuff. So yeah,
1: that's awesome, man. All right, Anthony,
2: what'd you think about "I'm No Good"?
1: It's a solid tune. I like the classic country sound of it—the tinkling piano, the steel guitar, kicks his vocals. You know they fit perfectly with this tune. No issues. You know it works for me. I think it's a seven. It's a great tune. So,
2: oh, fantastic! I think it's one All of right. the
1: stronger ones on here, next to the other two. The next one and the one we talked oh, about before. So,
2: the next one, undoubtedly, is probably one of his best too. That, this
1: one, next one, could also have been a single too. I think. Did kicks oh, sing the next song? He did. Oh, Okay, I didn't. Yeah. I thought it was running for some Okay, it's yeah.
2: fantastic. All right, speaking of, let's go to track ten, final song on the record. Still in love with you.
3: <laughs> Taxi cab is waiting. Wish I could hold you one last time After all we had together There's gotta be a better way Of telling you goodbye If I had a horse I'd ride off I had wings I'd fly all
2: song starts off slowly and kicks is closing out the album with a tear in his beard. This is a fantastic <laughs> song. I love the lyrical concept of saying goodbye. That line, if I had a horse, I'd ride off in the sunset. It doesn't get any more cowboy than that. Um, that's pure country, guys. Uh, man, this is good, good stuff. I do love the way this album is ending. It's contradictory to my normal beliefs of having a rocking tune going out. This fits, though. This is perfect as far as closing out a great album already. Um, I do find the song to be excellent, and I wouldn't have closed it out any other way. I'm at an eight. Chris.
0: Good point. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, typically, I, I like the uh, more rocking songs to close out an album, but maybe with 90s country, that's not the case. I, something kind of like crooning kind of song like this, it's a little reflective. Uh, good way to go yeah listening to it i can tell that's kicks and it probably is his best vocal i didn't really wow, take that fantastic. into account when i when i wrote my review out because i kind of for some reason just really didn't think about who was singing it. i just assumed it was ronnie but you're right this is but maybe his best vocal i mean i think maybe his best song was was uh, lost, lost and found, found. But i definitely think this is his best vocal uh yeah it, it you know it, it's a good song uh i gave it seven and a half on my review that's uh, good like I say, I mean, I, I, like, I kind of like that they close with a ballad uh, just because of the, the genre, if you will. I didn't have a ton of notes on this one, honestly. But yeah, I, I'm going to give it a seven and a half. I think it's, a, it's a, right between great and
2: that excellent. Works. Excellent. Anthony, what did you think about the final track?
1: Yeah, I wrote that uh, of all the kick songs on this album, this is probably the second best of them. Uh, you know, he's a solid vocalist that he probably doesn't get all the credit he deserves because Ronnie is so powerful. Um, but, you know, Kicks Holds his own most of the time. And it's probably my second favorite is on the album, too. I just like the sound of it. Solid way to close things out. It's an eight for me. It's excellent. And, you know, I always kind of like you with the cowboy thing. I see like a guy on a horse and dusty cowboy trails when I hear this. But it actually mentions like Louisiana in the middle of the song somewhere. It so it kind of ta- <laughs> it messed me up for a minute there. I was like, wait, I'm hearing like these... Texas wide open plains riding Cowboys and they throw in Louisiana. I'm like, it, it, it doesn't gel in my head, but still it's hard, to,
2: hard to think about. I know, man, but yeah, it's, it's an eight man.
1: It's an excellent tune. Um, you know, so,
2: all right. All right. Well, let's go with some final thoughts. Uh, first of all, obviously this is my pick. Uh, I will say that brand new man, it's a journey back to the beginning of a country music takeover that really started with George Strait and Garth Brooks in the late eighties and then flowing into the early nineties. Um, I remember when the first single brand new man came out and I was hooked immediately. I could not wait for the album to be released. Um, after two months of waiting, I bought this thing day one uh, on CD back in those days. Uh, I remember getting, I, mean, I had my truck at the time. I remember driving down to Sonic CD, grabbing this thing in Bristol <laughs> and cranking it all the way home. And I mean, I had a stereo and everything back in those days, like crazy noise loud. One of those um, stereos. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> s- seriously, it was it's stupid loud, but uh, you know what? Um, I'm going to say that I do revisit, revisit his album from time to time and it hasn't really gone away in my listening. I, although I may not be as much country as I was back then, I'm moving back toward that direction as I get a little bit older and, you know, I, I don't know what it is. I I basically took a, almost a full decade and a half off of country music and, but I never let the nineties go. I still listen to that stuff to this day for the majority of it, you know, um, crazy thing is, when you played this, I, mean, I know every word to every song. That's how much this one stuck with me over the years. And we're talking 30 years, guys. 30, 31 years this thing's been out. And I can't even count how many times I've listened to it. You know, I wore the CD out. The CD was so scratched it didn't play anymore. I probably went through two copies of this at some point in time. But, uh, I mean, this album is, I mean, it's darn near country perfection. Uh, let's face it. It has the nods to classic sound and country and also welcomes a new sound of country from the 1990s. It flows perfectly. Song placement wasn't a concern for me as a listener because each song seemed to fit just about right. The album is so well done, I would dare say this record could be considered one of the 10 best country musics of all time uh, releases. I don't know if it's true, but in my ears, I could certainly agree with that. Um, that's my thoughts. I know it's bold, but it's that good overall came in to be at an 8.5 that's between excellent and outstanding and honestly guys I'm going to probably leave it at that but this really is an outstanding listen if you think about it 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 doesn't really get much better when it comes to, to classic styling 90s music I may consider bumping that to 9 but man this was a phenomenal album Chris what's your final thoughts
0: I just one thing to point out with you Jimmy there were ten songs on this album. You gave five of them a ten, right? I did. Yeah. <laughs> so half, half of the songs on, on this album are perfection in your ears. So that's something. My, man, dude,
2: that's, like I said, I, I knew I was going to fanboy,
1: guys, and I can't there's help. There's Nothing wrong with that. This is a great album. There's nothing wrong. I love this album. Don't listen to Chris. There's nothing wrong with that.
0: I just said there's nothing wrong. What do you mean don't listen? <laughs> He's always wanted like, got to point that out. That, that's how much you like this album, because <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean
2: it, it's it's great, guys.
0: Well, I agree with you. It was it was a ridiculously good pick. Uh, it's going to be hard to top that. Me and Anthony have our picks coming up here, but and I and I know what they both are. We've kind of let each other know, so we will have a whole month to kind of like stew on this stuff. But uh, it's going to be hard to beat that. Uh, anyway, as far as this this album goes, it to me, I remember listening to this pretty early on. I definitely right mi- early mid nineties. It was in my rotation pretty heavy too. And I'm not sure any of these country bands from the '90s has had a stronger opening debut album than these guys did with this. I mean, they just absolutely knocked it out of the park. Uh, some some of the some just absolute country icons from that time, as far as that goes. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned this before. I, I always back in the day thought Ronnie was a superior vo- superior vocalist, and I still do. But I, but I've grown to appreciate what Kix brings to this band now. I mean, it's like it's that honky tonk kind of vibe. I don't really think Ronnie could pull some of those songs off the way Kix does, really. So mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a nice blend of and, and you know it's got like that you know Louisiana Texas kind of southern country feel to it. It's nothing feels phony about it. These guys feel as legitimate as they can be. Uh, it was it was it was an absolute trip down memory lane. It a hundred percent held up to the test of time. There's no question about that. <laughs> uh, but you know, I was when we were doing this, I was kind of thinking. Uh, I had this thought earlier, and I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jot this down and bring it up during the, the final part of the review. Uh, I think 90s country is probably viewed as some of the best country time frame there is. And I think the reason for that, especially with our generation, Anthony said it, man, 91 yep. grunge came in. Yep. How many people that liked hair metal did not like grunge and were like, we got to find something else to listen to? And this stuff is taking off right now, and it's really good. And you know, there are shades of like, if I know hair metal and, and, and Night's Country don't have much in common, but it's not depressing. And it's, it's like uplifting music that's kind of fun sometimes. And, and I think, I think they took a whole lot of fans away. I think a lot of our generation made that switch, I guess is what I'm getting at. And I think it's due to the fact we were kind of forced into it because rock kind of died around that time really. And we had to have something else to go to. And maybe that's part of the, you know, some of these bands like Brooks and Dunn and Dom and Rio and some of these others right in that time frame, they absolutely hit country at the right time because oh, there yeah. were a, there was a large group of people who needed something to listen to that was not going to follow the grunge trend. And and this is, I mean, there's shades of rock to this stuff, but it's just, it's just good, honest music, man. I mean, that's just all there is to it. Uh, my rating was 8.2, but I bumped a song earlier to make it, I'm, I don't know, I'm not going to do the math, but I'm I'm around at 8.5 because I think I, this album is is between excellent and outstanding, and, and it's one of the best 90s country albums there is, so I'm looking forward to seeing these guys live, I Can't a wait. a fun can't. show.
2: All right, Anthony, final thoughts, buddy.
1: Yeah, you know, you're talking about that hair meddling, uh, the country had sort of that vibe too in the 90s where they had the upbeat songs and the power ballads. If you think mm-hmm. about it, yeah, Look at this yeah. Album, true, you know? very true. They have the upbeat, they have Neon Moon, which is a country version kind of a power, of
0: power ballad. ballad, yeah, that's a good point. It mm-hmm. is, it you is. know,
1: so they did sort of do that, and they had cover songs too, which a lot of hair metal bands covered songs back in the day. There's a lot yeah. of country artists who covered songs too, so it it's a very similar trend. It's like hair metal just bled into country music, and anyways, but that's a good point that you said that. Uh, me personally, man, you know, this was and still is. An iconic country album it's one of the best debuts in in probably music history in all genres not just country music um i can't recommend it enough and like i said before that reboot album check that out if you want to get a chance to listen to something really kind of unique my final rating is 8.4, but I may go 8.5 just to keep us all even on the same page. So, uh, Oh, yeah. Because it's somewhere between excellent and outstanding to me, too. And it might be outstanding. Hell, it might be a 10. It might be perfection. I mean, this was not a massive album for them. And, you know, it they're was. still massive. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Amazing, amazing debut album for them.
2: All right. Guys, I, I knew this was going to be a fun listen. I had a feeling. I mean, you guys started singing the praises early, and
1: uh, I was like, right, yeah, I knew the minute really you gilly. picked
0: us like, oh, man, this is gonna be. You know, another artist
1: line. you mentioned a minute ago about kind of bringing in the new country, George Strait. Oh yeah. Garth Brooks, Randy Travis is another one needs to be mentioned oh, yeah. too. Yeah, he absolutely. was. A well, dude, you could throw
2: one. Clint Black in that thing because Clint Black Dwight was Yoakum. late eighties too. Dwight Yoakam, late eighties. I mean, Yoakum, like, 80s. Yeah, I they, mean there, there was some end. tremendous
0: yeah. music coming out in those days, man.
2: And you got to remember, yeah. all these guys had. The, y'all were talking about the comparison of hair rock, hair metal going into nineties country fandom. There was a lot of mullets in nineties country boys. <laughs> <That makes laughs> you said time. Diamond Rio, you, you, Tim McGraw. We're talking. Even Kenny Chesney had the crazy long hair back in those days. I, I mean, know. guys, let's face it. There was a movement, and I never really thought about putting it together, but you're right. The grunge didn't satisfy the need a lot of these folks that may have been fans of the 80s rock, hard rock, metal movement and could have easily switched over. I mean, good Lord, I did, and I was a Yeah, people fan. who
0: grew up on hair metal, I mean, it's that's the people. It's like, they're not probably going to, like... I mean, I listen to a little grunge, but honestly, like... I needed something else because I agree. I, That that's just depressing to listen to twenty four seven. You gotta have something else, man. And and I mean, this fit Mutt the bill. It really did.
1: Mutt Lang, he was so big and some of his big hard rock was all over Shania Twain. Literally and on yeah. record. <laughs> yeah, there was a and reason Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> But I mean his records, he produced a lot for records, you know, back in the day. And Oh yeah. But it really did start probably with George Strait, I think, and Randy Travis were the early pioneers of this new sound in the early eighties. And then Mm. they started building up, and then Garth came out. Even his debut album wasn't as strong as this one. No, he he
2: didn't get good until No Fences. You got to face it. Yeah, actually,
1: that song, uh, Friends in Late Places, Mark Chestnut had a run at it first. He did. Before Mm -hmm. Garth Brooks got a run at it, which is another one of those things like, why didn't it hit for Mark Chestnut, who's a great, great entertainer? Um, it's just weird how some songs work for some people and don't work for others, man. So I mean, Garth
2: owned it, dude. He took it over and just dominated the oh, song. When I first space. heard that
1: song, Friends in Little Place, like, I've got to know more about this artist. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Good Lord. You
0: went, on right. bought some, you went and bought some cowboy boots after hearing that one, didn't you, Anthony?
1: I still remember years <laughs> ago when I was in college in the uh, mid-early 2000s, around 2000, When um, Casey, one of my friends, uh, from back in the day, I walked into class wearing like a jean jacket and cowboy boots. And he's like, "Who the hell is this guy?"
2: <laughs> That's great. Hey, dude, I can tell you, I, I, I lived it. Man, I had tons of cowboy boots. I had a big lifted up ass truck. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I was pure country for a handful of years there. I loved it. Yeah, mm, mm, mm. right. I
1: had my truck too back in the day as well. Yeah, so. We all
2: did. We Good. all did, man. Oh lord, Some still right. do, man. Chris. <laughs> Chris, you got to pick, buddy. All right. And in this corner, weighing in at 165 pounds, it's the blues rock guru, the master of podcast production, and the man who cannot stop the battery, it's Chris's
0: Pit. Guys, I, I'm very tempted to switch this up since we had this discussion earlier, but I'm not going bring to it got my song facts <laughs> yeah, bring pulled it on for next week.
1: Don't do it. I've got my stuff set for next week
0: already. Don't do okay, it. OK, no, <laughs> I'll tell you what I, I'm going to. And, and there's a reason for this. And we mentioned this Country Thunder concert we're going to go to next year. The two main headliners are Brooks and Dunn and Eric Church. And I wanted to dive into Eric Church a little bit because I feel like he's kind of you know, I've noticed you'll listen to other country music. A lot of other country music musicians credit this guy. They they that's what they listen to when they're like just out having fun with their friends and stuff. So if it's that if it's that popular, I can see like a reason why we need to give dive into this stuff. Plus he's gonna be playing one of the nights there as well. So it's his yeah. debut album. It's called Chief Eric Church. We'll see how it goes. I think it's from about two thousand eleven, something like that. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's a little Theater newer 11. than the other stuff, but
1: I had a little, I had a little brief country wave in early mid to two thousands, and I had that album for a while, mm-hmm. um, along with Jason Aldean and a few other ones. John Pardee's another really good one. Party's oh, yeah. really John coming Pardee's... on right now, man. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. California Sunrise. I think he's
0: actually headlining one of these other country thunder shows. That they're he's they're really good. branching oh, out. Wow. Doing it. I don't know if they're doing all like NASCAR speedways or something. There's one out in Phoenix. I think he's headlining. So like he's. He's a big well, deal NASCAR's
1: been on the decline, so maybe they're trying to bring a little cash in by bringing some of that stuff. Well, you know,
0: you have these big so. tracks that sit empty fifty weeks out of the year. They yeah, need yeah, to right, do right. something with them. I mean, why not? Exactly. Yeah.
2: It's a great idea.
0: Maybe, maybe they're they're not all. At, I don't know. I'm not. I don't really know the venue. I just I know the one is it in Bristol is is it the Speedway? I'm assuming some of these others happen to be in places where there are speedways. So. I don't know.
2: Well, it'd be a tough sell on those bigger speedways. Bristol's like the Coliseum; it's it's perfect for a for a good show type thing, I think. And you know, heck, who knows? You're right, Chris. Fifty weeks of the year, you're not using a track; you got to bring money in. Agreed. Oh wow! All right. Well, Anthony, what do you got going on this week, man?
1: Uh, song lines and tan lines. Uh, I got am kind of different on Wednesday. I just stumbled onto a Bob Dylan song called uh, Key West Philosopher Pirate." It's a ten minute song. And there's a bunch of information on Wikipedia about it. So I did sort of a reaction video to it. So I played the entire song, but kind of broke in with bits about the, the song throughout the song. So it's a little something a little different trying. Yeah. And then uh, I got a bonus episode called a purple heap of Jimmy Buffett and Richard Marks coming up Friday. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. Did, you say,
2: did you say you have a video coming out?
1: It's not a video. It's not a oh, video. It's oh. like a reaction video for the Bob Dylan. But Friday, I'm diving into a few Deep Purple songs, a Uriah Heap song, a Richard Marks song, a couple of Jimmy Buffett songs. It's kind of like, I consider Friday's my Thunderdome, where I can do what I want because it's a bonus episode. I've been listening to Richard Marks' debut album a lot lately. I'm really enjoying it. I won't Should've bring you in better, on the man. podcast because I don't want to do that to you guys. Should have known better, man. It's like that. But that album, man, that song should have known better. It's really been hitting me hard lately. I'm really been yeah, enjoying it. It's
0: song. fun stuff, man. I like so, Marks. He, he did. I, a, I didn't, a cameo want, to, I didn't on want to do
1: Marks. I didn't want to do a Richard Marks album for my podcast, but I was like, I could throw a song or two into to Friday, so I'm gonna do that next week. So. He was.
0: did a cameo on the Goldbergs there last season, I think. It was pretty funny. He's like, you know, he still looks pretty good to be the age. Dude, was, man, too. him and
1: Stamos. I would hate to go anywhere yeah. with him and John Stamos. Yeah. They would make you look terrible, those two guys. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he's sold <laughs> over 30 million records, Richard Marks. I, I was really surprised. No, by he it. was had, huge in the 80s, man. I think I he's a big
0: was. songwriter, too, for other people, yeah, he, if I'm not mistaken. I know Luther so, Andros is one of
1: Oh, yeah, he wrote a song for so.
0: Vixen, didn't he? Yeah, that's He'd right. Yeah, he, he He was he he produced their album. That's right. Yeah. I remember that from that podcast. But that yeah.
1: debut album. Man, there's a couple of songs in there that get kind of little funky and everything. I was like, wow, I'm kind of digging this, man. So, uh, uh-huh. I won't do that to the podcast. But if you guys <laughs> want to listen to a really good album, Richard Marks' debut. There's a couple <laughs> dated songs, but overall, there's some really good music on that album. So, that, that that's, that's your yeah. homework for the week. <laughs> yeah.
2: My homework, homework is Eric homework Church, my Homework declined, my friend. My friend. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Can we get an F? Then? I'm going to fail,
2: but I'm going to pass this Eric Church chest. Oh, my God. All right, boys. Let's call it a week. It's It's been a rough couple of weeks, so uh, this has been a fun episode, though. God Almighty. So good. So good. All right, guys. For the Audible Ecstasy Podcast, this is Jimmy.
0: This is Chris. This is Anthony. And this is It.
4: When the sun goes down on my side of town. That lonesome feeling comes to my door, and the whole world turns
0: blue. There's a rundown
4: bar across the railroad track. I got a table for two,
3: wayin' back where I sit.